Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps the believer in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to God must not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. This podcast is for those diligent seekers of Jesus Christ who want to not only hear his word, but see him work. This podcast is for those people who are seeking God with all all of their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind and strength, with everything that's in them. None of us do this perfectly, but when our when our eyes are set on Jesus and and we are doing everything within us to seek his word, to seek his will, um, and to do his works, man, God comes through every time. Jesus comes walking on that water and he helps us and uh, walks, shows us that he's walking with us the whole time through the Holy Spirit. So it's an amazing journey with Jesus. Um, we should be the most excited and joyful people on the planet. I've been really, um, you know, just kind of fighting against this heaviness that's, that that this world is bringing on everybody right now. And I think for those of us that are on the front lines of this battle, it's been a tough row to hoe, I guess you could say. And it's not been easy, but Jesus said it would not be easy in John 16, 33. He says, in this world, you'll have troubles, tribulations, but take heart, I've overcome the world. The victory is already complete. The sacrifice has already been made. The once and for all sacrifice mentioned in Hebrews 10, this man, Hebrews 10, 12, this man, once he offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he now expects his enemies to become his footstool. For by one offering, he has, past tense, perfected forever those that are sanctified. And that's you and I. We are sanctified by the Holy Ghost. We might not always look sanctified, but we have his spirit living in us, and we have his word to lead us and guide us, a lamp a lamp. Um, that shines the the bright light for our feet so we don't stumble in darkness. So we have his word and we have his spirit. Brothers and sisters, we have everything we need in Christ Jesus. I've got a great message for you today. I've taken a little hiatus. I only did one podcast in October, but I just felt like, um, I don't know, I just do these as I'm moved by the Lord. So this one that I have today for this um, first day of November, 11-1, and I think of Hebrews 11, 1, um, uh, and, it, and it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that's my cat Dandy in the background saying hello. Um, but I have a great word for you today. And the title of my message today is called The Word and the Works. The Word and the Works. And I've really just been just so fixated um, this past year, really, probably from the beginning of this year, at least as far as I can remember, on the story of the Good Samaritan, which you can find in Luke, the 10th chapter. And, you know, a, a religious leader, he comes to Jesus and uh, he asks him, I think it's a lawyer, but it's one of the religious leaders, and he comes and asks him, you know, what do I, you know, he says, good master, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Like, what are the, what do I got to do? to work out my salvation (laughs) or whatever. But Jesus says, you know, what does it say in the law? 
And then he goes on to repeat, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, well, just go do that. That's kind of the summation of the whole Bible. And the guy nailed it. That was the summation. But then when he says, just go do that, the, the, uh, the religious leader says, yeah, but who's really my neighbor? Like, how can we define this? Or, you know, he tries to just blow it off, which is amazing. But then Jesus goes into the story of the Good Samaritan. And I'm not gonna read through the whole thing. I'll let you do that. I really believe the Lord will speak to you personally as you read Luke, uh, read this in Luke chapter 10. I'll let you find it and read all the way to the end through the 42nd verse, because that's where I'm going today. And it's it's amazing, but just to give the um, the uh, Google Earth view of 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 um, of this story, you know, he tells him go go and do this, and the guy says, "Who is my neighbor?" Then Jesus immediately goes into a parable about a guy who's beaten up, you know, and and this would describe anybody today. This guy's beaten, he's battered, he's left bloody and on the ground, and he tells a story of how two religious leaders. <laughs> Uh, um, a, a priest and a Levite both independently come across this guy's path. He's laying on the ground, he's beaten, he's bruised, he's bloody, he needs help. And they purposely go on the other side of the road. They cross over, it says, on the other side and go around this guy because, you know, they were on their way to church. So, you know, they're, hey, they were going to do, they were church busy, man. They were, they were going about what they thought was the father's business and avoid the guy. And then along comes the scum of the earth, the Samaritan, hated by the Jews. This is a people class that, uh, if ever there was racism, it was towards the Jews' hatred towards the Samaritans. So who does Jesus use? A Samaritan. And um, he, you know, Jesus, his disciples, um, you know, they always wanted to go around Samaria. They didn't even want to tread through Samaria because they considered the Samaritans cursed and their ground cursed. They hated them. So Jesus, in his wisdom, uses the Samaritan as the hero of the story. He stops. He helps the Samaritan. The good Samaritan stops. He bandages the man's wounds. He pours oil and, and, and wine into his wounds. It's a picture of pouring out his wealth. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit working in this man. And then he takes him to an inn. He puts him on his donkey, uh, takes him to to this inn where where this innkeeper can look after him. He's got a, you know, he's he, he was going somewhere too. He had a journey he had to make, but he stopped along the way, unlike the religious leaders, helped the guy, poured his wealth out on the guy, gave the innkeeper some pieces of silver and said, I'll give you more when I return if it costs more, but just keep an eye on this guy. He means a lot to me. And his plan was to follow up and make sure this guy was okay. So amen to uh, a follow-up ministry. When you minister to somebody, always be sure to follow up. Um, Anyway, it's a beautiful and it's amazing story. He tells the story and then he turns back to 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 the religious leader sitting in front of him, Jesus. And he said, which of these men, you know, the two church busy religious leaders or the Samaritan, you know, which was more like God? And the guy answers and he says, the one who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus says these words. He says, now go and do likewise. Go and do. Two, two of the shortest words in, the, in, in our language. Go and do likewise if you want to be like God. So it's a picture of actually not just is, is being a doer of the word, not just a hearer. 
The guy in front of him knew the law. He knew the word better more than anybody. So did the two people in the story, but they didn't want to do the works. And keep in mind, the title of my message today is The Word and the Works. But this is what fascinates me about this story. We've all heard this story. But immediately in Luke 10, it doesn't, there's no chapter break or anything like that. Immediately um, after he says, go and do likewise, it says that Jesus entered a certain village and he goes into the story uh, of, the, of, of his encounter with Mary and Martha. And this is amazing to me because it says both Mary and Martha, if you read this, I never saw this before, but both Mary and Martha were actually sitting at the feet of Jesus, but Martha got up and went to go do the works. You know, she's like, man, I gotta, I'm busy. I gotta, you know, prepare this and do this. And she went into works instead of sitting there. They were both sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his word. Martha gets up and Martha gets rebuked because she starts complaining. Hey, you know, my sister's just sitting here at your feet, listening to your words. And here I am doing all the works. And Jesus says, you know, that that what Mary's doing, he said, will not be taken from her. She chose the better. That's to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his words rather than doing the works. And I'm reading this and I'm going, wait, Jesus, what's going on? You just told us we got to do the works in the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And now you're going right into the story of Mary and Martha and saying it's better to sit and to hear the word. Which is it? Is it the word or the works? And Jesus answered to me and said, yes, you cannot separate my word from my works. You cannot separate my word from my works any more than you can separate my word from my spirit. My words are spirit and they are life. John six sixty three. You can't separate my word and my works any more than you can separate the Father from the Son. John 14, 9, Jesus says, when you see me, you've seen the Father. He told that to Philip. When you see me, you've seen the Father. And then he goes into talking about, when you, in, in John 14, 9 through 14, he says, you know, that, that when you, that uh, if you don't, Jesus says, if you don't believe my words, then believe my works. And he goes into, in those verses, you can read it for yourself, he goes back and forth between the word and the works and he uses them interchangeably, meaning to me that you can't separate God from his works. His word and his works uh, are one. And this is amazing. Just like weird, you can't separate us from God. Weird, he, he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. that's you and I. We are joined with the Lord by one spirit. You can't separate us from the word. So the word and the works go hand in hand. I hope you're getting this. I'm trying to get it too. I'm working out my salvation, not working for, working it out. Like what has God placed in me? And this is something huge. I'm praying that you see what I'm seeing here. Number one, so I know I'm not alone. I'm not crazy and I know this is from God. But if you happen to be listening to this podcast, uh, reach out to me and share with me what you're getting out of it because I would value that. I'm just trying to unpack something precious here. Um, James 1.2.5, it's a scripture I wrote on my hand, my verse of the day I wrote on my hand this morning, James 1.2.5, um, is, is an amazing, amazing passage because in James 1.22, uh, James says, be, a, 
be doers of the word, right? So be doers of the word. That means do the works of God. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, thereby deceiving yourselves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and then he beholds himself and he goes away and he forgets who he was. He saw himself, he saw the reflection of God in himself in the word. The spiritual mirror is the word of God and he saw who he was in Christ and then he goes away and he forgets what he heard and he doesn't do the works. But listen to this, James 1, 2, 5, after he says this, man looks in the mirror, that's the word of God, the spiritual mirror, forgets who he is and he goes away. But then he says, but, and, and this is James 1, 2, 5, but whosoever looks in the perfect law of liberty, that's the word of God, the spiritual mirror, and continues therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, now he switches it. He says a doer of the work. He doesn't say a doer of the word again. He says a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in all he does, in all his deed, it says, meaning whatever he does. So again, he shows us there that the word and the, in the, his word and his works can't be separated. If any man among you seems to be religious, right? but he doesn't bridle his tongue. In other words, uh-oh, watch what you say. This is a big part. It's not only what we hear, we hear the word, we do the word, but also what we say is a big part of this. It's your, you, you know, your thoughts, words, and deeds, right? He says he deceives himself when he doesn't watch his mouth. This is very convicting to me. I've had tongue troubles lately, um, but his religion is in vain. But pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and keep himself unspotted from the world. In other words, to go see people, to minister to people. I'm really so blessed that to, to read and to understand and to make such a part of my life the story of the Good Samaritan. See, because this is all something that, we, this is something we can all do today and every day. And that is go out into the world, go along our path that we're on, we gotta go somewhere today. We gotta we gotta work and provide for our family. We gotta get out there, go to the store, do all these things that God knew we'd be doing. But then along the way, who are we gonna run into today? Who can we apply the word to? Who can we who can we minister to? How can we be a doer of the word and the works, which are one, to someone else today? and reconnect them with God in so doing. See, when somebody has an encounter with you today, I believe they're gonna have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that you know, the minute we put our faith in Christ, Ephesians 1.13, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, Romans 5.5. 5. God has already shed his love abroad in your heart through the Holy Spirit who he's given you. So I believe as a believer in Christ, what the Bible says. I don't really care what you think about yourself unless you're thinking in line with the word, but I know what the word says. And the word says, you have his spirit living in you. And Jesus himself in red letters says in John 14, 12, all these works that you see me doing, you're gonna do all these works and more because I go to the father. And he's told us, and I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. 
Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We saw what Jesus did 2,000 years ago when he walked in the flesh on this earth for, you know, and did his ministry, lived his 33 years on this earth. The last three and a half years, I believe it was, he, he did his ministry and finished strong. The last years, the last three years or three and a half years um, were his most powerful is everything that was that was he ended on a high note the dessert came last and he did so he did so many works it says in john and the end of the book of john that he that the last chapter i think it said he did so many works in that three and a half year period that if we were to write them down there wouldn't be libraries big enough to fill uh to to hold all the that he did that's amazing to me all the books that could be written about what jesus did but I want to end today focusing on what's Jesus doing today. Hebrews 13, 8, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Well, today is where we are. Today is the day the Lord has made. What is Jesus doing today and how is he doing it? He's doing the same works he did in those three and a half years. He went around, Acts, um, uh, what is it? Uh, do, 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 Acts ten thirty eight. summation of Jesus' whole ministry. He went around doing good in healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil because God was with him. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and he went about doing good works. He ran around doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Today, he's doing that same ministry through you and I, through, through, through us. We're the jars of clay that contain Jesus via the Holy Spirit. And we can do those same works. All we got to do is just look. You don't have to look very far. You don't have to step one step out of your door today or connect with somebody even by internet. If you, you can use the internet for good purposes. You can use your phone to call somebody who needs encouragement today. If you're homebound, perhaps, which a lot of people are, you can move this world more, move people's lives more by praying for them, reaching out to them on the phone or sending them even a little text message of encouragement. You can, you can change somebody's life. You can change this world no matter where you are if your intention is to show Jesus to that person, to be salt and light. He says that that's what he wants us to do. He says, you're the light of the world, you know, to go out and to do this. And I'm gonna close. I didn't even plan on this, but Matthew, um, let me close with this in, in uh, Matthew 5. I didn't plan on this, so this is just impromptu. I believe the Lord's leading me to close with this verse. Uh, Matthew 5, 4, uh, well, let me start with five You're the salt of the earth, right? That means you're here to preserve. Salt is a preservant, uh, and it also adds flavor. Uh, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its savor or flavor, what good is it, right? It's good for nothing, and it's cast out, and it's trodden under the feet of men. But you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but they put it on a candlestick and it gives light to the whole house. Here we go, closing with Matthew 5, 16. Let your light, this is you, believer. This is you, disciple of Jesus Christ. This is you, son with the little s of God. Let your light so shine before men today that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. 
let Jesus shine through you today and let somebody see him at work in you. And you can fulfill Philippians 1, 2, 7. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the hope that this world is looking for you. Let them see Jesus in you today. Good day.